All right, so let's get into what we're supposed to talk about today in this atmosphere of the anointing and its presence. Uh, the title for today is uh, Blackout. Um, and let's go to Ephesians 1.18. <laughs> Ephesians 1.18. Ephesians 1.18. It's time, y'all. You fanning because you hot or <laughs> trying to help the brother out? Probably that second house in six years. That could be it. <laughs> that could be it. God is good. Don't mind him. He just gets it. Where she go? Where she at? Where did the age go? All right. All right. That's uh, Ephesians 1.18. It says this. It says that uh, it says the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Uh, the eyes of your understanding enlightened. So 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 what's so interesting is uh, we're talking about blackouts. When we say blackout is when the eyes of your understanding is darkened. It's when the eyes of your understanding is darkened. You know, we don't see with our eyes. We see through our eyes, through our inner eye. And when that inner eye is darkened, it affects, it skews our overall view. And so, and what happens is uh, uh, our, our vision is blacked out or eclipsed. Um, when our reality is, is blacked out, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's there, but is it's blacking it out from us really uh, seeing. It's an unrecognizable reality. It's an unrecognizable reality. So some of us are older, and you ever like were confident in the choices you were making and what you was doing, and then you got a little older and you realized you were stupid. Well, okay, I'm sorry, I did that. That happened to me. So, so maybe you guys been smart your whole life, but I've done some stupid things. Me and Jamel, we just, <laughs> right? So, so, but you know, you, you remember? I, well, hey, hey, for some of us, we've done it more than one time, right? And so, so what happens there? Like, how am I making choices and decisions confident, uh, debating with people, uh, almost uh, offended with people when they're trying to awaken me? Because I think I'm not sleep, or I think I can see. Yeah, something's blacked out there. Because if I, if, I if I saw what they were saying, I would just be in agreement, right? I'd be like, man, you know, God told me the same thing. I'm working on it. But something's, something's going on in my inner man where I can't see. And, and the interesting thing is some of us have, have invested years in being blacked out for a long time. I say some of us, that included me in the equation, right? And it's, it's, it's like everybody's seeing but us. You know, for, you know, years go by, and we're still stuck in the same position, not elevating, all because uh, reality has been blacked out. See, this blackout is when we are living out of, uh, uh, I'm going to put it this way, uh, camouflage consequences. So, so, I mean, the consequences are there, but not seen. Because you know the purpose of consequences? Anybody know that? It's, my wife says to help you get back on track. Like, we think consequences are bad. Consequences are like, hey, hey, no, don't keep going down that way. That's all it's doing. Consequences are saying, hey, hey, hey. I know you didn't think it was, but that was stupid. Dumb, right? But it's not a put down. Like, if, if you know it's dumb, you can change. Right? So remove the consequences, we'll continue on a path that could be destroying our lives and everybody around us. Does that make sense? And so, so when we're in this blackout state, we're numb to the effects of our choices. So we're making choices, but we're numb to the effects. All right? I, I call it, uh, I, I coined this from my son, if you watch, and I love you. Uh, uh, we'll see. So, so in other words... You're making choices. There's consequences. He, he was numb to the consequences back in the day. He was numb to the consequences. So he's talking to me like, well, he ain't saying it out loud because he 
respected his dad all his life. But he's like, we'll see, we'll see. Like, as if I'm going to see that these bad choices is going to work in his favor. <laughs> right? But the, y'all still think I'm talking about my son? Yeah, this is what we do. We kind of, uh, um, it's like gambling with your life. It's like your, your, your life is your dice. And you just throwing them up against the wall and, and hoping you get the right number. When you don't have to do that, God has given you a clear path and specific instructions on how to live. But sometimes it's blacked out. You know, uh, Terrence was teaching this week, and he was talking about just Jesus' disciples. He says, man, and he's talking about light and darkness. And he, said, he says, Jesus was around them, but they couldn't see the light. The light was right there the whole time, but it was eclipsed. It was blacked out. They couldn't even see the light. And um, so God was showing me that God's people uh, have been and were blind to the light that showed up in front of them the whole time. Look, look here, John chapter 1, familiar scripture. When Terrence said that, I, I, I was sitting there, sitting in the back there. I said, oh, my God, it's, it's, it, it totally lines up what God wanted to talk about today. All right, so we're going we're gonna to end up focusing on verse 12, but just for conversation, uh, I'm going to, Jesus, <laughs> I was going to start at verse 11, but that ain't going to do us justice either. So I guess I got to go all the way up to verse 3. It says, all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, look, and the life was the light of men, right? It says, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not, couldn't master it or process it. It says, there was a man, um, it says, uh, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light. So advanced information the light is coming, that all men through him might believe. Now, the key for light is to help you see, and once you can see, it's a lot easier to believe, right? Verse 8, it says, he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. It says, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. So, if there's a true light, then there's a fake light. It's making you think you see, but you really can't see, right? And in verse 10, it says, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Right? He came unto his own, key word there is his own, and his own received him not. Remember, darkness can't comprehend light, can't master it, can't absorb it. Verse 12, but as many as received him gave he, uh, as many as received him to them gave he power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So here he showed up as the light to help us to see so we can believe the life that was set out before us. Uh, a few people talked about that past this week, right? Right? And so it's so interesting, God is constantly sending us light and we're constantly blacking it out, rejecting it, eclipsing it. But, but now, now, now so, so we all can relate to that, but just for a second, why? So, so what benefit could we possibly have to reject his light and his path? What do, what do, what, where are we going and what is our path and what do we see and what do we believe that's going to fulfill us more than what God is trying to show us? From generation after generation after generation after generation after generation after generation. Like I've gone into many hotels I've, I've, and I pulled out drawers. There's not a book of Keith in none of those hotels. None, none. I've mean, been search all over. There's no book of Keith. You know, I watch games and you know, behind the gold post, post is not uh, Keith chapter 1 verse 15. Like Keith is not the world's reference. Keith, is, so there's a reason why there's Bibles everywhere. There's a reason why people are talking about God. No, God ain't new. Go to every century, every year, every place, 
God was discussed. But we can't say that about a lot of things that's being discussed now. Right? So, so, so just think about that for a second. And then let's go here to uh, Matthew 4. Matthew 4. So, <laughs> so, you know, I have BC days. That's before Christ, right? <laughs> and so, so I remember one particular day uh, that I really don't remember, but I'll tell you the part that I do. So, so me and my brother and them, we were out uh, playing basketball. If you're watching this, big bro, uh, you remember this. We, we were playing ball. So, and we're, uh, so we win. So, so we were drinking, but we were not you know, we were just drinking, playing. So we went, we go across to uh, uh, his friend's apartment, Terry, and we go in the apartment. So the game is on, it's Lakers and the Celtics. And, you know, some magic was playing, you know, showtime, you know. And uh, Lakers was balling, right? And so, so, so we, we getting hyped, you know, we drunk. We, and we had uh, some of the stuff you don't even know. It's just, uh, malt duck, champagne. Uh, alcohol, uh, all this, I mean, big bottles of Thunderbird, like we just, all types of stuff. So we talk, man, what, what? Yeah, we, we balled on y'all because, you know, the game is hyping us up, right? We'll do it again. Now, mind you, we're celebrating from a victory and we're, we're really blind at this point. What, what, we'll do it. We go, because basketball court was right across the street, Westside Park. So we go across and we start playing again, but we put the big uh, bottle of Thunderbird on a corner, and then we had a case, and we put that on another corner. So we, you know, you, you make a shot, it, it started cold raining, and we go get something to drink, right? And so we drink and drink, and so I go up for a shot, and my brother's uh, friend Clyde, I'm putting all y'all out here right here, he don't go to play defense, he just kind of, you know, like it's football. And they kept telling me, don't keep coming in. We call it the hole to, where, to make the back. Don't keep coming in here. And you can't tell me not to do nothing, you know. I was like, don't keep coming in here. And plus, I'm, I'm intoxicated, right? So I'm not thinking straight. I'm not calculating like I would normally calculate. I'm just going, what? Y'all ain't telling me not coming in. So I'm like, I'm going anywhere. Get the ball. I go up, you know, as high as I can. He goes up, catches me in the air. Flips me over his back. And we outside now. Well, indoors, outdoors, it still was going to hurt. So, I, bam, I hit the ground. I got up. Y'all ain't know me back then, the BC days. And I walked over to the side of the court. And I sat down. Like this. And it was like, yo, what you doing? I said, I'm done. Oh, man, is that? No, I'm done. And then, they, you know, people start. Oh, you weak, you punk, you this. He's probably cussing at me. And I was like, you finished? I'm done. That's my only thing I said. That's the last thing I remember. The next thing I remember is I, I, I was on this, these stairs. And I got up and I said, what am I doing on these stairs, man? I'm still, I think, think I'm still at the guy's house. And I said, man, let me go get a coat. So I grabbed the coat, walked outside. And when I walked outside, I was at my house. And I had my stepmom's mink coat on. I was like, what's going on? I don't even know how I got here. So next day, everybody comes. Uh, they come to the house. And it's like, oh, man, you was, you was a trip. My brother was like, man, you know, you uh, messed up my car. So he said we was driving. And I was like, man, I, I, don't throw up in my car. And he's, before he could pull over, Rah! sorry about that. I know that's gross. And so I was like, so, so when he was talking to me, I was like, I don't remember. He was like, no, nah, man, I can't believe, man, you did. He said, as far, I said, as far as, I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, it didn't happen. If I don't remember, it didn't happen. Y'all can keep talking about it. I don't remember. Hey, man, you did this, you did. I don't, you keep talking if you want to. I don't remember. But I wasn't lying. From the time I sat on that court and said I wasn't playing, I didn't remember nothing. I don't know how I got home. I don't know how I got on those stairs. What happened? I blacked out. Had no idea. There was days I started a drive from a place of intoxication, ended up home, and couldn't tell you how I got there. I shouldn't be here talking to you. 
Now, how did, what happened? I blacked out. And see, so, but, 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 but how did I black out? I was intoxicated to, to a point where my oxygen levels shifted. I couldn't get the right oxygen. It was being stolen. I couldn't get what I needed to breathe. And I blacked out. All right, so, so write that down because we're coming back to it. <laughs> All right, so Philippians, I mean, uh, Matthew, right? I told you to go to Matthew. Matthew 4. Pastor Keith was stupid. Yes, he was. All right, so uh, Matthew 4, 16. It says, the people which sat in darkness, look, saw great light. And to them which sat in, in the region and shadow of death, uh, light, uh, shadow of death, light is sprung up. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. See, they sat in darkness, so great light showed up to wake them up. And Jesus started to speak who is light. Uh, because what? The interest of the word bring of light gives understanding to the simple, Psalm 119, 130. Anytime there's darkness, there's a demand for light. It's not a punishment. You show up in an atmosphere and somebody's walking in the light and you're walking in the dark, they're not putting you down. They're waking you up. It's an automatic demand to give you, you life. You could be uh, degreed and educated and blocked out. I was. <laughs> all types of education, you know, all types of I mean, intellect, but I was blacked out. And so, so a lot of times we don't understand the reality of uh, people in the kingdom are running to the light or full of light. And when they come around you, if you're dark, they're going to give you light. But, it, but we think it is, is, is an indictment on our intellect or, or what you're trying to say. I, I'm just trying to give you light. You figure out what you need to do with it, right? So we run from light because we think people are trying to bust us out. They're not trying to bust you out. They're trying to wake you up. See, the light, the wisdom, even in this situation, it was right there among them, but they couldn't see it. Right there, right there among them, they couldn't see. They were experiencing a spiritual blackout, Right? So, so look, look at this, uh, John 3. I got this from, uh, from uh, Terrence. Terrence shared this also on um, one of the days this week. I don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember the day. There's so much stuff happened this week. I'll probably be referencing everybody. All right, so, so, so uh, uh, John chapter 3 and starting with verse 15. John chapter 3. Some of y'all might remember this from this week. It says that whosoever believeth, keyword believeth, remember you can't believe without the light, in him should not perish but have eternal life. So if I don't believe, I'm, I, I'm more susceptible to perishing and missing out on eternal life. Right? Does that make sense? All right. Uh, verse 16, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whomsoever, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Once again, if you don't believe in him, you, you're more susceptible to perish and missing out on what? Everlasting life, right? All right, so for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that, through, but that the world through him might be saved. So once again, he showed up as light not to bust you out to condemn, but to save you from what you... Okay, see... When things are blacked out in the eclipse, you can't see where you're going. But you're confident you're going in the right direction. So when, 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 when God shows up or the people of God shows up, they're only, only saying, hey, do you realize this is taking you there? Hey, do you, you realize you're going there? I, you don't want to go there. But you can only see how you feel in the moment. You can only see what you're comfortable with what you're doing. You can't see the road ahead. The scripture says you can't see afar off. 
right? In first, first and second Peter, right? So, so they're just trying to say, hey, they're bringing light to the reality of where you're traveling. They're not even determining your choice. You can go, yeah, yeah, wow, that's where I'm going? Too bad, too so sad, that's where I want to go. But they're, they're going to give you light, right? Right, so Jesus didn't come to condemn, he came to, to bring light, right? He just loves us, as uh, uh, Carter said, and Ari said, and everybody said this week, right? God is with you. There's Ari. <laughs> Ari's like, he's with you all the time. Whatever you're going through, he's with you. God is there. Didn't you say that, Ari? Yeah, she's back there going, like, yeah, it's pretty much about, about the basic. God is there. All right? And so, all right, so, so God's going be saved. 18. It says, he that believeth on him is not condemned. So, 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 I don't want to be condemned. Believe on him. <laughs> it's not rocket science, right? He says, uh, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. So, if he shows up with delight, is you trying to condemn me? No, no, I don't have to. You're already condemned. If you don't believe him, you're already condemned. Nobody has to condemn you. We don't have to state the obvious. We're trying to get you from there, not try to magnify where you're at, right? It says, because he has not, he's condemned already because he has not believed in the name, right, of the only begotten son. Verse 19, and, and, and this is the condemnation, just in case you didn't know. The light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than the light. <laughs> they love being blocked out. <laughs> they love being eclipsed, right? It says, because their deeds were evil. So they didn't want to be in the light. Verse 20, for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. People that's running from light, they love evil. Uh, you, you, you trying to judge me? I don't have to. <laughs> it just says right here. Ain't that what it says, y'all? All right, verse 21. It says, but he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be manifest that they are wrought in God. We always talk about this because they have a lot of um, technology now where they pretty much, you have your computer on, they can see through your computer and all types of stuff. They can read your emails and everything. And so people walk around, man, these people are invading my privacy. I'm like, what they invading? How to get saved? Like, I don't have nothing to hide. Like, what you going to bust me out with? See, see, I'm concerned and engulfed in exposure if I have something to hide. Or what's the line? I don't want to look bad. I don't want to be embarrassed. But if I'm a, a dead man, I don't have no feelings. If I'm walking in humility, it doesn't make a difference. I, I know that's kind of easy for me to say, okay? So, so what I got from this passage is they didn't want to see. They wanted to be blacked out. They wanted to stay comatose. Like, you ever have a conversation and, and light, the, the, the conversation is bringing in light and a person changes the topic quick? Or how about this line? Well, we, we don't really want to talk about that right now. No, you don't want to talk about it right now. I do. You don't want to re embrace the reality of your, uh, your uh, darkness. Look, it says they love darkness. They love blackouts because they were overexposed. You know when you overexposed? Uh, uh, back in the day, I don't, I don't even know if they still do that now. You know, uh, you would get film in the camera, and then you take the film, and they would uh, they develop it. Where they develop it what? In what? In a dark room. Because if the, if the, what do you call it, the film was exposed to light, it would ruin the pictures. All right? That's close, right? I mean, I'm not a camera person. Like, I mean, I don't have like a photographic degree or anything. I just knew that much. All right? So somebody else probably could explain a lot better. But, but why? It couldn't process light from extreme darkness. 
That's what happened. It couldn't process light from extreme darkness. Look, but I, but I noticed through this passage, whosoever believeth in him, right, is highlighted in verse 15. Whosoever believeth in him. Verse 16, whosoever believeth in him, right? Verse 18, blessed is he who believes and has not seen. Whosoever believeth in him. Whosoever believeth in him. Who, oh, I'm sorry, verse 18 is, he that believeth on him is not condemned. Um, Jesus told Thomas, blessed is the person that believes and has not seen. Right? And so, so this, 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 this process of believing in him is our key. And, but we're blacked out to believe. You know, we're blacked out to the ability to believe. Uh, you know, verse 34. Let's go down there to verse 34. It says, uh, it says, For he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the spirit by measure unto him. Right? It says, uh, it says, uh, The Father loveth the Son and has given all things into his hand. Verse 36. He that believeth on the Son has everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth in him. Still locking in on belief, which is predicated on the ability to see. So why do we live blackout lives? Like, why do we live a blacked out life? Uh, I was listening to my wife this week, and she was sharing like our lives are being smothered with so much of the world, like smothered. And to a point where uh, she didn't say this, but I, when she said it, I was like, wow, it's like layers and layers of stuff, like blacking out our light, our ability to see. Uh, Matthew 7, 1, it says, remove the mote out of your eye. It's talk about judgment, right? But it says, move the mote out of your eye and you can best see uh, the other person, right? Like, you know. But get the mode out of your eye first. What it's saying, if you're blacked out, you're assessing situations from a skewed view. You can't see, but you're talking as if you can. You know, so, so the people that can handle it, you know, and I'm, and I'm not putting nobody down. I'm just saying there's people that can handle truth no matter what, no matter what they're doing in their life. I have, I have people I mentor all over, all over the country. And no matter what they're doing in their life, if you, they hear the truth, they're like, listen, none, ain't, Pastor Keith, nothing I can do about it. But, but with them, I can say, when they're going, they're going in. They be going in. Well, you understand this, that, you understand And I think this, and that. I said, well, you're talking as if you're from a perspective of sight. And then they'll go, you know what, man? That's true. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I, my view is skewed, and I'm talking to you as if I can see. So when we take in things, listen, so nobody's, nobody's judging whatever you're taking in. But if you're taking stuff that's skewing your view, how do you know the path you're going is accurate? What makes you confident? Because you can't really see. Your view is skewed. So, so it doesn't mean somebody should... You no good. No, people shouldn't break you down and put you down. But at the same time, you should be saying, listen, I'm confident about what I'm about to say right now, but I can't really guarantee that it's accurate. Because I, I know for a fact that my lens is skewed. Do you, that would be honest. You keep telling people to be honest with you. Are you honest with yourself? If you, okay, okay. Because I know y'all think I'm talking about the alcohol, which I am going to talk about in a few minutes. But, but if you're dealing with lust, lust clouds you. Did anybody know that? So, so, so I said that because some people may not know, okay? So, hey, they got it honestly. Oh, I didn't know it was cloud me. That's why I keep arguing all the time. That's why I keep misunderstanding things. That's why it seems like the common denominator of all these situations that's arguments is me. Because lust clouds you. So let's say you take it in lust. You can't really see clearly. But are you going to talk like you can't see clearly? You're going to talk like, man, you tripping. You, those arguments, you only argue because you believe you're right. Right? That's the only reason you're arguing. But in reality, you should stop the conversation and go, hey, hold on, just for a second. 
there's a chance that all this stuff I took you through, I could be tripping. Because I've been consumed with lust, like, and I, I, I might not even be seeing correctly. But it just seems so real. <laughs> when do we have to have a conversation like that? That would be sweet. Especially for us as pastors that got to get the beatdowns while you're clouded. <laughs> we be getting beat down. Bam! Y'all be hitting us hard, too. Bam! 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 Like, like. Jesus loves you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, well, it would be nice in one of those conversations. You know how the guy goes to the corner and you tap out. Yo, I ain't going back into the ring, man. Man, I've been, like, watching all types of crazy stuff, man. I, listen, there's a chance that everything I just took you through, everything that I just broke you down for, this 15-hour this conversation probably could have took, like, 25 minutes. But I know you love me because you didn't spent this 15 hours with me, but there's a strong chance that everything I said was garbage because I've been in lust. You forgive me? <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> That's That'd be nice. Hey, Stephanie got a breakthrough. You can get a breakthrough too, sister. Come to the altar. I'll pray for you. I just... <laughs> You get a breakthrough, somebody, you might get that this week, Pastor Mel. I, I love you, Pastor Mel, but I've been in lust all week. This conversation is a waste. <laughs> all right, so, so, so we got to take this mold out of our eye. So the interesting thing, the mold is our intoxication with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The lust is our intoxication with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life. That ain't Keith Bradley's opinion. Let's go to 1 John. Do you believe the word? All right, we got at least four or five people believe the word. Okay, if you don't believe the word, what do you believe? Because you believe something and you're confident in something, you're putting your faith in something. I hope what you're putting your faith in is going to give you your everlasting life and your fulfillment. That's all I can say. That wasn't being sarcastic. You know, that's true. All right, so verse 16. These these are the tools the devil's been using forever. It says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. And I'm sorry, 1 John 2, 16. I apologize. That's how you got Pastor Mel up here correcting me. All right, so 1 John 2.16, it says, for all that is in the world, well, let's start at verse 15. I'm sorry, 1 John 2.15. It says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Right? Verse 16, it says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Is not of the Father, but is of the world, right? It says, the world passes away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So if I attach myself to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it perishes, and since I'm attached to it, I get to perish with it. But if I'm attaching myself to the things of God, the will of God abideth forever, and I get to live forever with the will of God, right? Does that make sense? Data after the flesh, mind the things of the flesh, flesh data after the spirit, the things of the spirit, Romans 8. And so, so cherish the things of the world. As, look, 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 look at the Amplified. I want to read this to Amplified, 15 through 17. It says, do not love or cherish the world or the things that are of the world. If anyone loves the world, love of the Father is not in him. It says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, craving for sensual gratification, craving for sensual gratification, the lust of the eyes, greedy longings of the mind, and the pride of life, insurance in one's own resources, and in the stability of earthly things. Right? These do not come from the Father, but are from the world. See, the world is trying to set it up where the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is your approval. If as long as you have satisfaction in those areas, you'll rest in moving towards God's fulfillment. See, so, so even, you know, 
you can gratify yourself in, you know, I, I just got this job, or I got this house, I got this car, I got this degree, I got this much money in the bank. But God is saying, there's so much more in the world. There's so many more lives that need to be affected, but you're sitting there resting on, you know, you can go back to your high school reunion and feel better. Like some of us still making up for high school. I'll show them, they ain't thinking about you. Some of them not even living no more. Not being insensitive. But our whole life is just to go back to high school and make Susie feel bad? Not please God? Okay, all right, so that went over real well. <laughs> so, 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 so you have these intoxications, lust of flesh, lust of eyes, and pride of life. And before we come into the kingdom um, and are renewed in the spirit of our mind, Ephesians 4.23, God's vision of purpose for us is kind of in our blind spot. In most cases, it's been blacked out by sin, inequity, which we were shaping in. The scripture says you're born in sin and shaping iniquity. So when you come from the heaven realm into the earth realm, you're going to experience a level of blind spot. Things are going to be somewhat blacked out. So that's why we must be born again. If you're not born again, uh, born of water, born of the spirit, you can't enter in or see the kingdom of God. So we're supposed to come in and start to uh, uh, grow the kingdom, not come in and conform to the world. We were supposed to come in and be transformed by the renewing of our mind and eventually the, uh, in the spirit of our mind, our default. So we're supposed to be kingdom-minded, not worldly-minded, right? But we come in and we conform, we don't transform. So we come in with this spot, but God has agents around that's sending us light to awaken us from the matrix, you know, like the Matrix means womb, right? I know it's a movie, but even in the movie, you know, it was, it was, it was bound, it was lost. They had, it was blacked out to reality. What was fantasy and not real was their reality. So Morpheus, which means change, comes to Neo, which means new, and he gives him a choice, a pill. So he eats the pill, and when he first eats the pill, he wakes up. And when he wakes up, he says, my eyes hurt. And Morpheus says, because you haven't been using them. See, his inner eye was never being used. So he wakes up into reality. He comes out of the coma. The, the, the eclipse is removed from his eyes, and he starts to see what's real and what's not real. See, even what we, the, the, the earth we live in was made from the invisible. This is the things that are, that, that, that are created was made from things that are invisible in, in Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verse 3. So that means the invisible realm, the unseen realm, that's reality. If the, what's manifested was made from what's unseen. Okay, that sounds spooky, but we live it all the time. You plant an orange seed, eventually you get an orange tree that produces oranges. You know that orange didn't... We don't went to this exercise already. Where did the tree come from? One person said, I did this youth ministry years ago. Where did she come from? You might be watching today. I know, I know. Uh, the tree came from inside the seed. I said, well, cool. We can just slice the seed, open the tree up. Not the case. Of course, all the other scholars was like, I had two options. He just took away one. So I know the tree came from in the ground. I said, well, cool, no problem. Don't even put the seed in the ground. Just keep digging until you find a tree in there that that seed is supposed to draw out of the ground. You will never find it. You're doing something naturally in earth, and you're pulling from heaven. That's why the scripture says for it to be on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, do your own research. Do your own science. See, so we look at this, you know, I mean, listen, I actually did very good in biology. Love math, love biology, just couldn't stand chemistry, but, 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 so that shows you how things evolve, but, or, 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 or some people will tell you, uh, you know, ah, it's just evolution. You know, they say you came from apes. I haven't seen an ape turn into a man in my entire life. What stopped the process? See, don't tell, don't let people dictate to you. Look at it. You can see it for yourself. We're living in miracles all the time, 
and taking them for granted. Like, we won't give God props, but we're using God's design. Do you think you could just think that on your own? Oh, you think you can, your eyes could take a picture and put something in your imagination on your own. You get a cut. Oh, so the doctor healed that. The, listen, I broke my arm. They set my arm and put a cast on it. I, I didn't go to the doctor every day, and every day they didn't add a piece of bone. They, I needed the doctor for the symptoms. I did. Because, look, my arm would have healed whether I went to the doctor or not. It just would have been in an L shape. Because that's what the guy fell on my arm. It was literally, this part was up here. It was like this. But I needed the doctor. You understand what I'm saying? For the symptoms. But the doctor didn't heal. All they did was, hey, hey, if, if, if they're honest, hey, no problem. What we'll do is we'll, we'll, we'll put you in position to receive your healing. They said, we'll put your bones in place so we can do what God already designed that body to do. Heal. And no one said, nobody went inside that cast. It healed. All they did was said, I saw the x-rays. There's times I haven't gone to the doctor and got healed. When I, when, when I fell on my knee and I could move my knee left and right, I said, let me see if this Bible stuff works. You believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. I said, so I, I prayed and never had surgery on that knee. I had surgery on the one I broke. And that was the same thing. They put the, put the patella together, wired it together, set everything back in place, put the cast on, and God healed it. So we live in it. We, we, we see the invisible manifesting in, in, in the natural all the time. But like I said, we don't want to see because now we have to be accountable to God. We have to adjust our lives to actually live right as if that's a punishment. <laughs> Are you kidding? It's a wonderful life. All right, so, so, so <laughs> again, um, we're born in sin and shaping this iniquity. Why? Because... Uh, Carnal eyes cause blind spots that, that I said, carnal eyes call blind spots that, per, that progress into blackouts. So the scripture says, they that, are, uh, uh, they that mind the flesh are after the things of the flesh. So we're about flesh. We're gonna, everything is about flesh, 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 flesh. It's uh, Romans 8, right? It says, uh, you know, they that are spiritual are after the things of the spirit. And it says, the carnal mind is death. Spiritual mind is life and peace. Carnal mind is death because a fleshly mind is influenced to have a fleshly appetite. And it's going to feed us the things of the world that we'll attach to. And like we said, the person that's, in the, that's, that's caught up in the things of the world will perish along with those things. Spirit will lead, the spirit, the flesh is weak, will lead us to do godly things. We attach to God's will. That lasts for eternity and so will we. But we can rationalize in our mind, excuse in our mind, or reason in our mind because of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. No, no, well, God knows my heart. But do you know your heart? You're not dealing with craziness because God doesn't know your heart or not. You're dealing with craziness because you don't believe. What kind of God would do this to me? He's not. He set it up. So just like it's set up for my arm to heal right, I can choose not to go to the doctor. Uh, here you go. This is a pinky of me not going to the doctor. It healed. It's crooked. So God, God did this, right? God punished my, my pinky. Oh, I know who did it. The doctor did it. He punished my pinky. No, Keith did it because he didn't go to the doctor. Y'all still think I'm talking about the pinky? You see what I'm saying? We have choice. Don't blame God. See, but, but, but I get it. A lot of times we blacked out. And we can't see. And we get to a place we don't want to see. All right, so, 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 you know, let me pick this up a little bit. So the Amplified Version of Romans 8, 5 through 9, it says, For those who are according to the flesh, in harmony with the flesh, are controlled by its unholy desires. I'm sorry. And are controlled by its unholy desires, set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the spirit are, 
and are controlled by the desires of the Spirit, set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. Now, the mind of the flesh or the counsel of the flesh, uh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. Is sense and reason is death. Right? So, death that compromises, I'm sorry, death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter, you know, in afterlife. It says, but the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul, peace, both now and forever. That is because the mind of the flesh, with its carnal thoughts and purposes, is hostile to God. For it does not submit itself to God's law. It, indeed, it cannot. So then those who are living the life of the flesh, catering to the appetites and impulses of their carnal nature, cannot please or satisfy God or be acceptable to him. But you are not living the life of the flesh, we hope. You are living the life of the Spirit if the Holy Spirit of God really, see, see again, reality, really dwells within you, directs and controls you. If anyone does not possess the Holy Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He does not belong to Christ. He is not truly a child of God. So we live this life. We go, everybody a child of God. No, they're not. That's not what the Bible says. We just, see, we want to say that because you don't have to draw a line in the sand. You, guess what? You don't have to help nobody. Like people have, 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 have lost their lives because no one told them the truth. And instead of that person going, you know what, going forward, I'm telling everybody the truth. What they'll say is, what I'm going to do going forward is I'm going to soothe other people in the same situation. And so they're going to die prematurely because you still didn't give them the truth. You, you see what I'm saying? That's not a put down. That's just a, it's, it's reality, right? And th this is, see, what, what, what's, what's happening is these blind spots are prog progressing to blackouts. So, so obviously there's a difference. Blind spots are I'm distracted at the moment. You're driving your car, and the other car is in a blind spot. That don't last forever. That's in the moment, right? You, you, you change lanes, beep, beep. You know, you know, that car came out of nowhere. I've said this a thousand times for years. That car came out of nowhere. It was there the whole time. You, it was in your blind spot momentarily, right? But blackouts are different. Blackouts are I'm unconscious not only in this moment, but I've, I've lost track of time and can't see where I'm at or how I got here. So blackouts are different from, from blind spots. And when it progresses to blackouts, it's dangerous because now you can be operating a curse and you're blacked out from the cause. Proverbs 26.2 says, it says, the curse causeless shall not come. What it's saying, basic, basically what it's saying is, I'm oblivious to the curse causes. So I'm going to keep dealing with stuff because I'm numb to it. See, see, this is the thing. When we're trying to live right, which I'm, I'm going to believe everybody's trying to live right, and, and let's say we slip or we, we're tempted to go outside the lines, the first thing that shows up is conviction. Conviction is good. Conviction is saying, man, I can't believe I did that. I feel bad. And now the opportunity is to repent, right? But if we hang out in that area too long, we'll get numb to even conviction. And so the lines will get blurred, and we won't really realize we're outside of the presence of God. We won't even pick up the signal of convic conviction. There's times when you have a... Uh, people in some cars, they have check engine lights. Check engine light come on, and the check engine lights say check the engine. It's not a crime. But, but, but some people live to ignore the check engine light. You know, after a while, I'll be like, it, it's a part of the whole, you know, you know, like your dashboard now. You know, you, you just have an orange light that's going on with all the other toys, right? But eventually something happens. Either your car breaks down or your engine blows. And in, and in most cases, it's the engine blowing. If your engine blows, 
See, see, if you check the engine, they may have just had to what? Uh, change the spark plugs or change your oil, right? But if you don't check the engine, oh, oh you're going to have to get another car. <laughs> it's going to cost a lot more by not checking your engine. Ain't that right, son? <laughs> the first car I gave him, you know, he didn't change at all. All light probably was coming on. You know, after what? I'll get to that, I'll get to that, I'll get to that to a point where it's just Aladdin's lamp sitting on your dashboard. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> but it's telling you something, right? Does that make sense? All right, so Proverbs 23. This is good. This works out good. And so we've been talking about this six months, right? Uh, Lord brought, challenged us for the next six, I mean, challenge yourself to invest six months in God. Let's listen. People keep talking about God. Y'all don't have to be, everybody's not going to be Keith Bradley. Be who you are. But my philosophy was, okay, let me see what, okay, I, it's getting crazy. I keep hearing about God. Let me try God, be all in with him. If I don't get the results, fine. I'm going to just do whatever I want to do. <laughs> Like, like, cause, but then I won't be looking over my shoulder. Like, I, she will tell you this. I don't have longings of the past. I, I'm not going to be dealing with a, we, we call it a midlife crisis. I don't have regrets. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't uh, reflex talk about past relationships because they done. Right? I gave my, I gave my all to the situation. I'm done. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I, I, ask her. I don't like, it don't, it don't sneak out, slip out or nothing. So I'm, what I'm saying is my relationship with God, I'm not looking back to the life I lived before because I did it to extremes. Y'all heard the story, I'm going to kill myself a couple times. So when I came to the kingdom, I said, well, I did the world to extremes. I'm going to do God to extremes. And if it doesn't work, then now I got to find something else. But oh my God, it's phenomenal. It works. So the next six months, what we were saying is, hey, why don't you give God six months? What's six months? Some of y'all are real young. So what's six months to say, to see if this stuff is like, do I should be living the rest of my life? But at least you know, and then no matter who comes to you, you be like, oh, listen, man, please. I was all in. Now, all in is not I just go to church. All in is not I'm just sitting at home watching church. All in is because you ain't just sitting at home watching your boyfriend and girlfriend. See how it's how quiet again? You say something? <laughs> like, you, you know, you, you, you want to see him, don't you? You ain't just sitting at home watching grandma and them all the time. Cause this, 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 babe, this Zoom stuff is nice, but you have to come see me. And sometimes they don't have to tell you you have to come see me. You want to go see him, right? You want to be with them. God's like, y'all want to be with me? Y'all want to come to my house? So next six months, I'm going to come to the house, not just on Sunday. Anytime there's service. We work to make sure we're not in church every day like they did back in the day. We're only here two days a week. That's why we have conference calls. Conference calls was intentional. Man, we got to minister to the men and women, but we can't be at the building every week. People got families. We're, we're family focused. So... We have the conference line so people don't have to be at the building all the time. But we only have the building two days. We need to take this back to Grandma's church. Maybe we catch y'all one of them days. You can't make it Wednesday. We don't, don't worry about it. Hey, don't worry about it. We got church Friday too. I don't know if I can make it Friday. No, we got it Thursday too. I don't know if I can make it Thursday. Hey, listen, we got it Saturday three times. That's how we got to roll? So that's how we're going to do that. But this is the bigger thing. You're going to embrace the tough word of God. For six, like the stretching word of God. Not don't run, don't flinch. Just like, hey, hey, uh, this is six months. You, you was in a basic training, right? So uh, you pretty much got up whenever you wanted to, right? Terrell, when you was a basic, you just, oh, you didn't get up whenever you wanted to? Oh, you had to get up when they wanted you to get up. All right, so pretty much you customized the drills that you wanted to do. Okay, you chose which drills you wanted to do and which drills you couldn't do. I got this. You chose your partners. 
Even, you chose the partner that dragged you through the, the uh, uh, had you, that treated you. Oh, oh. so Sorrell gave a testimony. He said uh, he, he, he was walking through the scriptures he got, and he said one of them was, uh, the Lord will make your enemies your footstool. So saying, this, you know, I think I was running. I think I had a drill. No, not, I'm not getting to the part where you got dragged. We're going to get to that next. But, but before that, y'all was running, and you said the women were like, but you said the, the, the women were slowing y'all down or they wanted to rest and stuff like that. So, so you said in real life, you can't do that, right? Right. And she asked you, she says, so, so if I was in a situation, would you wait? And you said, I'm not slowing down for you. The person you said you wasn't slowing down for you is the person that, you, that ended up having to lead you through, maybe it's by wire, drag you through. I don't, I don't know what it was, but they, had, they were supposed to drag you through as fast as possible. The young lady was stopping, like taking breaks. He's soaking. He said the water was going up his back, you know, you know, was all, but he was like, wow. Uh, you said, he said, God made him the footstool of, of her. Like, uh, almost like he was the enemy. He was her enemy. Did I say it right? Yeah. I make your enemies my footstool. He said he became the footstool, right? The point was, in basic, then this was just basic training. But not just basic training. I'm sorry. I just kind of like said it like wasn't. She's constantly going through this for National Guard, right? And so, but, but man, the stuff that he brought out, he was like, he had to tell some people the truth. Some people showed up not prepared for life. Not, not, not just, uh, just life. Like, you know, he, he told a story to the guy that just, he just didn't know how to wash. But at first it was stay away from me. Actually, one day he told him, he said, uh, he said, the guy, he said, uh, don't touch me. Don't touch nothing I touch. Uh, don't, <laughs> don't touch my blanket. Uh, don't, don't touch anything. And so the guy looked at him like, I thought we was friends. Like, why, why, are you, why are you snapping on me? But his thought was, listen, you not hygiene, but uh, 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 people that raised me would have called them trifling. You trifling. <laughs> Do not touch me. Right? But he ended up, everybody, he, become, he was a leader. He is a leader. So, they, so, so he ended up having to talk to the guy, get him to wash his hands one day. And the way he dealt with the guy, the guy said, nobody dealt with me like that. And so he realized he just didn't know. He just didn't know. And so now he's in a situation where if, if everything went his way, he wouldn't have to talk to that kid at all. Just let me get through. I'm going to do what I need to do to get through training. But it didn't work that way. You had to depend on each other. That's what you said, right? So, so he, he had to do something outside of what he wanted to do. That's what six months of locking in the God looks like. Hey, guess what? It looks like not complaining for the whole six months. Right? It looks like I'm not just going to do stuff at my convenience. I'm going to press beyond that. Right? That's what it looks like. I'm just saying, okay, so... Speaking of six months, so within the six months, we'll probably have some very interesting topics, but I want to, I'm going to try to close out here with this particular passage of discussion here. Proverbs 23, starting with verse 29. Proverbs 23, verse 29. All right, so the Bible says this. It says, who has woe, who has sorrow? Let's make sure we're serving See if I have another version. All right, I'm going to read it uh, out of, I believe it's Amplified. Who has woe, who has sorrow, who has strife, who has complaining, who has wounds without cause, whose eyes are red and dim, those who linger long over wine, and those who go to taste mixed wine. It says, uh, do not look at wine when it's red, when it is sparkles in the glass, when it goes down smoothly. And it goes on to say, so I'm, I'm going to verse 33. It says, your drunken eyes will see strange things. It says, your mind will utter perverse things, untrue things, twisted things. It says, it says and you will be as unsteady as one who lies down in the middle of the sea and is as vulnerable to disaster. And as one who lies down on the top of ship's, ship's mast saying, they struck me, but I wasn't hurt. They beat me. But I didn't feel it. When I wake up, I'm going to seek more wine. It says, you know, and this is the thing. 
the, the scripture saying, I went through all this craziness by intoxicating myself, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. But instead of me in, uh, embracing the consequences and changing, I went back again. I went back again. Like, so why would a person return to the pain and abuse, the debt and distress? Why would they return to the blackout, to, to black out for what happened before? Right, and, and, and so we said that moat is the things that's intoxicating us. And so if you're gonna go through the six months, embrace the reality of what's skewing your view. 